What is up, y'all? And welcome in to a very exciting edition of the Return of the Roar podcast. Frankie Cardicelli across from me, as always. Joining us this week, it's our boy, Brendan Nunez. Y'all know him. Uh, he's joined us a couple times from the King's Pulse. Brendan, how are you doing? I, how long has it been? We, we, it's been a minute since we've checked up on you. Uh, I think it was, was it mid-season that we had you on? It's, it's been a while. Was it post deadline? If it was, it's been too long, guys. Like, I know we we talk a lot off air, so that that's what truly matters. Is you know, it's we're not giving the people what they want, but you know, we're we're building our connection, our relationship, and you know that that's what's important. You know, it's uh, we, people we sit right next to each other at home games, yes. and talk some mess about Harrison Barnes every <laughs> single game. Yep, <laughs> that is a collective effort we all do. God. Um, a collective well, effort yes bro, I, it's I, literally bro, all you what are you talking no i mean i'm harrison's biggest fan okay everybody knows this stop um, that stop, stop that <laughs> um anyway so uh last night the sacramento kings had a very important game uh their star player jimmy butler got in a fight with uh their head coach eric spolstra uh that was not the kings i'm just kidding uh did y'all see that by the way yeah, I think we should start off with that because that was definitely my biggest takeaway from last night. Can we? So Jimmy Butler just he brings that with him everywhere he goes, right? That's not. I don't know if it's like a Miami Heat issue. It seems like a Jimmy Butler problem. Bro, Rachel was Nichols ready. was on hold, dude. She was ready. Relax, relax, homeboy. <laughs> Jimmy was ready to fight like the entire Miami Heat organization last night. It was uh it was something to see for sure. Like, I can't believe he really, uh, apparently like Spo was like, are you trying to fight me? Like, what are you going to really, do? Fight like, me? And then to have, uh, to have Udonis Haslam step in there and be the, the, well, he was kind of the voice of Eric Spolstra. He was chewing him out. Did you guys see who was the peacemaker in that whole situation? No. Uh, took Jimmy away from the scrum and everything. <laughs> Is it Sacramento Kings legend? Dwayne Dedman. Dwayne Dedman. <laughs> That's right. Christ. Y'all. Y'all wanted him off the team. He's a peacemaker. Okay, we could use some of that. Actually, all right. Anyways, let's get let's just get into the to the Kings. I'm sorry. That was a, that was a bad detour, dude. I was all about Dwayne Dedman too. Like a lot I was of like, people. He's were. the perfect oh. fit for Marvin Bagley. Like I was all in a floor spacer. Yeah, he's definitely one of those theoretical players where it's like you see him do things in spurts, and you're like, oh yeah, for sure. Give him more minutes. Give him more opportunity. Like, there's no reason why he can't, you know, just do that on a grander scale. And, and then he gets more minutes, and you're like, what is going on? <laughs> more minutes, more misses. Uh, yeah, very interesting stuff there from Dwayne Dedman and the Miami Heat. Uh, but we're here to talk about the real main event here, which was last night's uh, much anticipated. Um, a little bit of a letdown with De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis not playing uh, against uh, DeMontis' former team, the Indiana Pacers. We did, however, get to see uh, the return of Tyrese Halliburton. I shouldn't say the return because it was uh, still in Indiana, but um, Tyrese Halliburton and Buddy Heald uh, got some minutes in against their former team. Uh, let's start off with, uh, with that head-to-head matchup between Davion Mitchell and Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, a lot was was talked about coming into it. Just about, uh, well, Brendan had some words to say about <laughs> um, about uh, Tyrese and and uh, in that matchup with Davion. What did you guys see last night? Did you uh, did did you just first off, you know, in, on a grand scale, did you enjoy the game? I mean, obviously there was a lot of uh, preamble about about the guys coming back. Um, did it live up to your to your wildest expectations? 
did I enjoy the game? Did I enjoy the game? Um, I mean, it, it was like weirdly kind of fun. They, this, they were battling. It was some, there were stretches of really good basketball and a lot of stretches of really bad basketball. Um, at the end, it just kind of seemed like nobody really wanted to win. You know, Dante missing the free throws, Buddy being Buddy healed and, and coming through for us when we needed him the least by turning the ball over with Indiana's one point lead. Um, it was fun watching Tyrese and Davion go head to head. We kind of got robbed from that. The last memory we have of Tyrese Halliburton was at practice that afternoon when Tyrese was saying how he was excited to go up against Davion. Davion told the media he was going to lock up Tyrese. It was this whole thing. It was really fun, really fun day, fun thing to look forward to. And then it didn't happen. The trade happened, I think, what, 24 hours later around that much time. So um, it looked like Davion at times was doing a good job defensively on Tyrese. He did not have a good night shooting, but obviously 15 assists and zero turnovers is pretty incredible. I can't remember the list of players that have done that, but I think Tyrese is one of, I think, nine or ten people over 20 years to do that. Dude, it's also a cherry pick stat. Like, Oh, for sure, for sure. Tyrese and I, is I, great, I those but two. let's calm down. For sure. But 15 assists and no turnovers is crazy. You know, like if you did that on the Kings, maybe you'd be salivating over it. Um, That's true. But it, but I don't know, Brendan, what do you think? Did, did you enjoy watching that matchup or, or the game in general? Or were you kind of just thinking Kings need to lose this game by any means possible and they, they fell short? But did you, did you care much about that? Or were you more just kind of searching for the, the, the like the Davion and, and Tyrese matchup? I mean, like, I was having a really good time watching Tyrese and Buddy on the other team. Like, that was just a new experience for me, I guess. So, I think I had a good time with that. Uh, Buddy got up a lot of shots. So, which is typical Buddy, you know. Four more shots than Tyrese did. Four of 14 for Tyrese and 10 of 18 for Buddy. Um, I mean... I, I think I had a good time watching the other team, but really where I'm at at this point in the season is just kind of like I'm really – the best asset they can have this offseason is a high draft pick. So that's kind of where I'm at this offseason. Like I don't mind them winning the game, and I think it's hilarious that they win the game based on a buddy heels dribbling off of his foot. <laughs> like, Yeah, it I was pretty poetic. Yeah. And like, especially that, it was that's hilarious. Like he was pressured, but you know, it wasn't like it was stripped or anything like that. It just kind of flew off his foot. Um, it was it was very fitting. Uh, I think Brendan's touching on what was really going through my mind in that game was, I can't believe we're actually going to win this game. It, it was feeling for a minute like everyone was uh, was on track to know what the goal was. Um, I'm kind of speaking tongue in cheek about that because obviously the players aren't trying to lose, but. Um, it was, it was, uh, I guess at the end of the day, I was kind of disappointed because, uh, me and Frank have been talking for the past couple of weeks about where we lie in terms of, um, in terms of, you know, should they just overall full, full blown tank or should they, you know, try and salvage something from the season, whether it be the Fox Sabonis relationship or, or partnership, I should say, uh, Davion Mitchell, which we'll talk about later. Um, all that kind of stuff. And I think this game really hammered home for me. Like I am okay with the team just losing every game because uh, the Kings were up for a minute and then the Pacers made their run. I think in the, the mid to late third quarter got up like nine or 10 might've even been 11. 
Um, and I was like, all right, cool. Like, this is kind of, uh, like the, uh, what was the last game that we played and we, uh, we ended up losing, but it was a great effort. Phoenix. Phoenix Phoenix game was awesome. Yeah, it was, it was, I thought it was going to be like one of those games where we can say like, all right, well, we had fun. And at the end of the day, mission accomplished. We, we, we lost the game and, and, uh, we can take things from it. So, yeah, I mean, it was it was a little disheartening. It was weird, a mixed emotions to see Damian Jones eventually tip that ball in. Um, good moment for him. I'm glad Damian has played well this season. He deserves something, you know, something to take from it. But uh, he said it was his first game winner ever. Is that surprising? I guess. I mean, he probably hasn't I mean, been in a lot of those situations. He's been in Golden State for the start of his career, hopped around from like Phoenix and L.A. and. He's a big man too. I mean, how often yeah. do you see big men get get the ball in a in a crunch time situation? I mean, it's it's I'd in situations upset. like, yeah. I mean, unless you're boogie at the time when we had Demarcus, he he always got the ball kind of like ISO at the top of the key, which only worked out I think one time, the Phoenix game like fifteen or twenty fifteen. Yeah, we were there. We that's the game we always go back to the game, the buzzer beater against the Suns. But um, yeah. no, Arco I mean memories, Arco memories, yeah. Yeah, Damian Jones, though, I mean, I, I don't even have him on the list, but I guess while we're on the subject of his, his tip-in, um, kind of be a free agent this summer. I mean, mm-hmm. how have you guys liked what you've seen from him this season? We can start with you, Brendan. What have you liked from Damian Jones? Is he someone that you think could be back next season, or would you like him back? Because they do have Alex Lynn under contract. They do have Nami Shikeda, who we'll talk about it later. Hopefully we see more of him down the stretch, but – do you like what Damian Jones has done? And do you think that he might come back or do you think he's better suited to kind of go find work elsewhere? I mean, I've really liked Damian Jones. I think it's weird that they do have like Alex Len just kind of sitting there and hasn't really been playing all too much minutes. Um, I would give Damian Jones more run, but he's also not a guy that I'm looking at and thinking, holy crap, it's a mistake if this guy moves on to somewhere else you know like I I kind of think like Damian Jones is a really good backup slash third string center and I'm not really too torn if he goes somewhere else like I would really like to have him back I've liked the effort that he's given and the opportunity that he's seen but if Damian Jones moves on I'm probably not too torn up about it Chris? Yeah, I probably feel the same. I think uh, I can't imagine he's going to get that that healthy of a contract. You know, he, he like Brendan said, I think he's kind of um, ideally a backup, maybe a third string center. Um, I think for this team, he, he's fitting in really well. He does uh, just kind of what his role is. He's not really uh, trying to do any more than that, any less than that. And he, he's been a pretty um, consistent player in those regards. Um I think it's going to end up kind of being a money thing for, for me where it's like, you know, if they want to bring him back on a, a very minimal contract, I'm I'm totally fine with that. But if for whatever reason, which I can't imagine he gets five or $6 million a year or something like that, I, I just kind of would bow out. Um, I think you can find, you know, a, a springy athletic big man in a lot of places. I saying that I don't think Damian Jones is, um, you know, I, I think he does bring some unique skill. He, he, um, I think his mentality is what's so unique about him. Like I said, he kind of just, um, does what he does, knows what he does well. 
um, and doesn't try and step outside of that. And that's kind of what you need, especially on a Kings team where, uh, A, they're just not very good. And, and, you know, it's a lot of people trying to show that they have more than what they already are. And B, it's just uh, it is it is nice to have people who who know their role and play their role. Um, and uh, Damian just is that. And uh, yeah, I've, I've liked him. And you know, kind of like Brendan said as well. Like if he goes to another team, I don't I don't think it's necessarily something that we need to. It's not crying over spilled milk. Um, but I, I, I at the end of the day would like to see him come back and and possibly get. Um, a, a little bit of a bigger role than he had this season, or just a, a more consistent role. Yeah, and it kind of comes down to like to me: Would you rather have Alex Len or Damian Jones? I kind of am, am am inching towards the Damian Jones. I, I I don't know how they would move on from Alex Len without. I mean, obviously, you have to trade him in a deal, and there could be a lot of movement this off season. Rashawn Holmes probably will find a new home. Um, Harrison Barnes, we'll see what happens with him and his contract situation. He has one year left, and he could be. Uh, an attractive asset for another team or the Kings might decide to go the completely other direction and give him an extension. I think we've heard some people talk about that a little bit. That could be a possibility. Um, but Damian Jones, I really like his game. I've liked what he's shown in his starting role. Obviously the guy's been around the block. He played for championship teams in a very limited role, mind you, but played for the Warriors and the Lakers. So he's, he's no slouch to, to being a part of these situations. Um, speaking of someone who's getting more acclimated with, these situations of, of being a starter and getting more, more of a, a role here. Davion Mitchell. Davion Mitchell has been playing some good basketball over the past, I don't know, week. And he's been kind of streaky. We've seen that been kind of streaky, but last night was his 11th start of a season in 11 starts this season. Davion's averaging 18.1 points, 5.1 assists, shooting 46% from the field and shooting 37% from three. Last night, he had another good game. I think he had 25.7 assists. Brendan, I ask you, what have you thought of Davion's play over the past week or so? And in this season and as a whole, I guess. I mean, I don't know if we'll talk to you again before the end of the season. So what have you seen from Davion this season? And do you think he's more suited for a starting role or a bench role? Or is it something you kind of want to see play out over the next week or so until the season's over? I mean... I'm kind of like, I don't really know how to feel about Davion. I think that he's making his case for being the starting two guard. Does he fit alongside De'Aaron Fox? I'm still kind of questioning that. But I think that it's really good to see your former lottery pick performing at the level that he has been so far. Like, I'm excited for the way that De'Aaron that um, Davion Mitchell has been playing so far. I think that that's a good thing for the Sacramento Kings. I didn't feel great about the pick the time that they took it, but, you know, this is kind of like making their pitch in a way that I think that this guy is going to be a quality, if not backing backup point guard, starting two guard in the NBA. And I think he's got, what is it, nine or eight more games to really make his case. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think uh, I think Davion, from what I've seen, is is definitely starting to get more and more comfortable. Uh, just being in the NBA, um, I think I just saw over his last six games, he's averaged nineteen points a game. Um, I would like to see some of it still with De'Aaron Fox. I think that's that's not going to happen this year, uh, just because you know, obviously Fox's injury. Um, 
I don't know if I'm ready to thrust him into the starting lineup moving forward. I still don't necessarily love the starting combo of Fox and Mitchell. Um, and that's kind of more just a product of, of those two being able to play off of each other, not necessarily Dave, Davion's ability. Um, but I, I think it's good to see. I mean, for sure, his scoring was the thing coming out of the draft that um, that I was most concerned about. And I think um, a lot of people were, um, you know, his three point shot has been pretty inconsistent throughout the season, but has started to look more and more consistent. Um, if he can get that up to 36, 37 percent, I'd be happy. Um, I'm not entirely certain he'll be. I've heard some people say that that he, they think he could be like a 40 plus 40 percent shooter. I don't think that's ever going to happen, um, but he is. It's not going to be without try because he's still, I think, taking six threes a game, which is a lot more than I would have expected from him. Um, I've definitely liked what I've seen offensively, defensively. He's been just in everyone's face the entire season. Um, that really hasn't relented at all, but um, I've liked what I've seen. I've been surprised from what I've seen because I was not somebody who was a fan of the draft pick, especially at the time, and it took me a while to even come to grips with the fact that this was really the direction they were going to go. But um, I, I see Davion, I see your value. That's I see I your value. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's beautifully said. No, it's, if anything, it's raising his stock too. I mean, if he is not able to be, Frank, I just said I was okay with him being here. Now you want to move well, him. I'm just I saying, just accepted. I, I think we're all on the same page though, as yeah. far as maybe he's not a starting guard in on this team. Maybe I would say period. I don't think he starts on. I don't want to say any he's NBA roster. Patrick but, Beverly, yeah. like or Terry Rozier. I mean, I mean, See, he he, he kind of scores the way like Rozier. Like the way he's been scoring the past couple of weeks kind of reminds me of like you know that twenty. He's averaging nineteen and four over the last six games. That's kind of like Rozier esque to me. Right. Yeah. No. 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 I see you. He doesn't fit next to the year end though. Like that's what I'm, I, yeah. I just as much as I like Davion. And I respect the hard work that he's put in. Like, mm-hmm. that's all we hear about, right? Is that yes. he's a crazy hard worker. I don't see him as a Venex to De'Aaron. I think that's totally fair. I mean, I, you know, I, 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 I think I feel the same exact way. I just don't see how. I it, it sucks because I really do think a big part of it is his height, not necessarily his play style, but I, I just don't see how it's going to work out with him. I, I don't know. It just doesn't, I don't know. The Kings I, gonna, I, it the, just can't see it working out. The Kings need a pure shooter next to Fox, not a not buddy healed pure yeah. shooter. They need, a, they need a guy that can be a knockdown, like a knockdown threat. And Davion I think they can do that, need but... a defender as well. I mean, they need somebody like a more idealized Dante well, DiVincenzo, but. It's. I mean, they have Dante DiVincenzo, and I think they are hoping that maybe it is his ankle injury that's still hampering him a little bit, and maybe there's a better player in there somewhere. But um, I think if they could somehow merge Dante and Davion into one guy, that would be the guy that they want there. But unfortunately, we have both, and I just I I could probably see them going into next year just staggering them and having that be the the two guard position. Are you saying the Kings need Nick Stauskas? Is that what? Yeah, I think that is what I said. That's the basically obvious, what, that's yeah. pretty much what I said. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you see the Celtics run right now. The Celtics are the best team in basketball in the past, you know, two months, and, and they couldn't have done it without Nick Stauskas. Couldn't have. No. Couldn't have. I think they would not had, be where they are. Yeah. No, 
we saw him. He came to Sacramento. We 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 yep. saw what he was able to do now. And uh, Sauce Castillo. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Frank, do you see Davion eventually ever getting into that starting role, or do you kind of feel the same? Uh, that, where so so those games he started the season, those numbers I said, I think it was nineteen and five on forty seven and thirty seven. I think I can't remember what it was from the field, but um, two of those games were with Fox. Two of those mm-hmm. eleven games were with Fox. So it's not very much run with Fox at the starting two. And I I'm encouraged by the fact that I think Davion can be more of a scoring guard, but he does need the ball in his hand. It's, it's not, he's not a catch and shoot threat. I don't, I don't believe, I mean, my, I don't know if the numbers align with that. Maybe Brendan, I don't know if that's something you would know more about, but I feel like he's not much of a catch and shoot guy. He's really good off the dribble. We talked about how much he, he can get into the paint and how he can kind of have that layup package and get to the rim. He's very, very, very good at that. I just don't know if he's going to be a guy to pair with, I don't think he's the guy to pair with Fox. Him and Tyrese both kind of had that problem. They need the ball in their hands to be most effective. And the problem is De'Aaron Fox needs that too. And that's why he's been averaging 30 points per game the past month or so. So um, I like him in a, I like him in a bench role, but I just don't know if that's like, he's, he's a peacock. You gotta let him fly. You know, I, I think he's got to go fly somewhere else eventually. And I, I, I was talking to someone on Twitter this morning about, they said that to me and, about how they might have to trade him. And I said, don't, don't say that. Like he's playing so well, but then I thought about it and you know, <laughs> I mean, if De'Aaron Fox really don't is going to be, if De'Aaron Fox really is going to be the guy, I don't know if you can have I don't, another player next to him that demands the ball as much as Davion and Tyrese have demanded it and different situations. I know, but they need a, a good version of Buddy Heald to put next to De'Aaron Fox. Basically. That's what they really need is a good <laughs> version of Buddy Heald. I kind of want to push back a little bit on Davion Davion's role just kind of being a scoring guard because I feel like that is an issue because I'm not entirely sure he's a good scoring guard. Like I feel like there's better if you want a scoring guard, I would rather take a dice roll on like Malik Monk or something like that than oh, for me too. Me Davion too. try and fill that role because frankly I think he just kind of what we've seen from his shooting in terms of his inconsistency, I think that's kind of who he is. I don't think, you know, yes, he has shown the ability to finish, you know, and I've been impressed with his ability to finish and just his ability to score in general, but it does at times feel like he's getting that, that rookie treatment in the sense of, Hey, like this guy's our rookie. We need to give him as many opportunities as possible to show what he can do in order for us to figure out what he is and maybe in his, you know, third or fourth year, he's not being given, you know, those same. Cause I mean, there's nights where Davion Mitchell is even with De'Aaron Fox and DeMont, like Davion Mitchell will be our second highest uh, field goal attempts leader. And I'm not entirely certain that that's something that should be the case uh, moving forward period. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean like Davion almost feels like Dante in a way that like, when Dante was playing on Milwaukee, he was the fifth starter. Mm-hmm. And I think that Don, uh, Davion can be that guy, but they don't have two or three other guys at the forward or the big man position to be the primaries. Mm-hmm. And I think that maybe they can, like De'Aaron can be that guy, Domas can be that guy, Domantas Sabonis can be that guy. Watch your next words very carefully. 
I just think that, like, I don't know that Davion... I mean, I would love to see Davion end this season and go into the offseason having some momentum and some positive... Some positive things to look back on. On, like, hey, I played really well in those final 10 games. You know, like, mm-hmm. that's kind of where I'm at with Davion. He needs to be a complimentary piece around De'Aaron and Domas. And as much as I think he's been playing really well, I'm a little suspect on, like, is he an ideal complimentary piece? Mm-hmm. I think that's fair. I mean, I think... I think we all have our concerns and, uh, you know, I, I don't think, I, I don't know. It's tough because we don't know how the organization really feels. I mean, they're, they're, they're kind of, they, I mean, they've been quiet from the start, but there, there really hasn't been, um, that big of a push to make, and maybe that's what the Tyrese trade was without saying it as much, but I don't think there's been that big of a push to like, Hey, like, let's really see what Davion Mitchell can do. Um, you know, giving it I, I don't well, until know. right I now. That, I mean, yeah, exactly. That's kind that, of what we're but no, saying but, right but, now. But, but you're right, though. I mean, until right now, this yeah. that's that's true. Yeah. Um, and I I don't know. I I I think it'll be interesting, Frank. I mean, yeah, you mentioned it at the start of this. Like, could they could they potentially move him? I mean, I don't even know what his value would hey, be man, at this point. They they moved Tyrese Halliburton, and I don't think anybody saw that coming. Really, yeah. like no one truly saw that coming. People may act like no, nobody saw that coming people saw De'Aaron getting moved now it looks like and you I saw um I think De'Aaron's agent had an interview I can't remember where I read it but said that the Kings like they fully told us like we're you're the guy like we're building around you like you're it it's like okay so I guess they're telling De'Aaron that so yeah I mean I think everything's on the table this offseason you can see Davion get moved we can see Harrison get moved we know Rashawn's probably not going to be here next year because of I mean a couple reasons now but um. Yeah, there's gonna be some changes this off season. So, I'm I'm excited to watch the last eight games purely for a couple reasons, and I kind of want to shift to that for you guys. Um, what are you looking for over the final eight games? Like, what do you want to see? Because for me, I'm looking at Davion. We'll get. I kind of want to get into the rotation stuff in a little bit, or if you guys bring it up naturally, we'll get into it that way. But I kind of, I'm just going to say that for now. I want to see Davion play big minutes, and I want some rotation things addressed. But I want to see what you guys want to see. Brendan, what do you want over the last eight games, sir? I mean, I want Benedict Matherin to be creating for himself, <laughs> man. Like, I'm not going to lie. I'm just kind of watching the draft at this point. Yeah. Like, well, I March Madness, that, baby. March Madness. Tonight it, we're back. It's hard not to, dude. Like, I think that the team needs more talent and I'm excited to watch like, or when we got the opportunity to watch Fox and Sabonis and that chemistry kind of growing between the two. I think that Dante DiVincenzo, Davion Mitchell belong in that group and seeing how they fit alongside a player that likes to play in the paint and work through post-ups like DeMontis Sabonis. We're not really going to get that opportunity it seems like throughout the at least this road trip, um, but dude, to be honest, like at this point, I'm kind of watching for the draft so, prospects. Can I ask? Are you checked out? 
I mean, I'm not checked out, but like, no, should I we mean, stop listening to the King's Pulse podcast? No, you no, stopped, I don't mean, I don't stopped. mean that. Yes, way. I, I, I don't mean it in like a checked out way. I mean, I'll say it in a way. I, I, I'll, I'll say how I feel. I think Chris feels the same way. I'm ready for the off season. Like, I'm ready for this for sure. games to be over. I'm over it. I'm, I'm ready yeah. to, to. I want to see Davion play well. I want to see, for the love of God, Alvin Gentry. I guess I'll get to it now. Start Dante DiVincenzo. Start Namiya Keita. Or not start him, but play him. Chris, what do you want to see? Or do you feel the same way? Are you kind of ready for this just kind of to be to get through it? Or are you really looking for something? I'm totally with Brendan. I mean, I, I'm looking for losses at this point. Like, I, I can't. So you punched uh, your wall last night when Damian Jones had that. I, I'm ready look, for I, Jabari yeah. Smith Jr., bro. Yeah, like, at this point, all we can do is make myself disappointed by ruining our draft pick. I think, like, there's not really anything uh, anything that I need to learn from the rest of the season. Like, if Davion Mitchell ends this season averaging 25 points a game the rest of the way, I'm not really going to take that into next year and say, like, hey, Davion – could could be our starting two now. He averaged 25 points a game in the last eight games of the season. Like, maybe there's something I just don't uh, – nothing is really going to change my calculus on on the guys we have now. Um, you know, Dante, I would like to see him get more minutes for sure. But, again, like, I don't think I'm going to learn anything from these last eight games that um, I don't kind of already know about Dante's game already. Um, maybe, like – I don't, it's just not interesting. I don't like we can see if Trey Lyles is really a fit and can be brought back next year. Like that, I don't know. Like that's not, that is Trey Lyles is the the best player I've ever watched in my life. Look, man, I was, I was a fan of Trey Lyles bringing brought in. He was on my fantasy team all year. I could have told you he was going to do 12 and six things all, all year, but. That um, dunk last night, though, I was I was holy crap, can we talk, dude. Okay, hold on. I have like, an issue what? with these kind of throwdowns because is that actually a good dunk or was yeah. someone yes. there? Yes, that's no, a good dunk. I feel no, like that was, was a good I don't dunk. Think, I think, okay, I mean, I'll just be by myself on this, but I feel like that was, if no one's there, it's a, it's a throwdown. And I feel like uh, homeboy. I can't remember who it was. If no one's there, though, it goes two hands. It's like a right over. It's like a little, little. It's yeah, like a like, little easy dunk. Yeah, on, I, it just on, felt man. like he like, came over late, and like it wasn't necessarily like body to body on on him. It was more just he was under the rim, and you know he got he got caught. You're just not clipping the right segment. That's you know, right. like yeah, I'm not yeah, getting you the right. Got to cut out yeah. the two <laughs> seconds where he's. <laughs> Trey Lyles was stepping heard, over. Yeah, if Trey Lyles heard this, he'd be like, "What? Like I, you, you what more do you want from me?" Trey like, Lyles I, doesn't seem like a very emotional bastard. He like he just bro, seems it's like Trey Lyles' career highlight. Like, like that's that's up there. It might be low key. I mean, that that and playing with Willie Cauley Stein is is his. Oh my lord! Um, as good as gets. <laughs> doesn't get any better than that. Um, uh, um, that's how I feel. I mean, though, is, is just like, I don't really, I, I don't, I really just don't, I'm not You're looking getting, for anything. No, I, I don't think people should get angry at that. And I know it sounds bad. I mean, we cover the team. We all, we all do in our respective avenues, cover the team. And I was talking to James Ham about this the other day too. I, I told him I, like I hit a wall, like I hit a wall a little bit ago. How it's very, very taxing to not be able to turn it off. And that's a job we all signed up to do. And like, as, as a fan, people listening to this, maybe you want to get through it and keep watching too. But God, it's but the final 10 games should just be like in an asterisk when it comes to the Sacramento games. Yeah, yeah, yeah they should. They really should. And 
I think I went telecast last night, or was it telecast? Where was I listening to somewhere that the final 10 games of the year are always just a a circus for the Kings because people are not playing because of fake injuries, or in this case, for the for us, it's real. The, the real injuries, which mm-hmm. that was a very scary, scary, scary thing to see on Sunday night. And I didn't initially see him, Sabonis, bump knees with Bridges, but having the arena be dead quiet <laughs> Dead silent while the the team is surrounded underneath the basket is probably a top one horrific feeling to feel. I don't know how you guys felt. Were you worried when you saw that happen? Or were you just kind of like, oh, they bang knees and he's fine? I was on the second part. I mean, I, I to me, it like especially once I saw the replay, it did just kind of look like he, uh, I can't remember who it was that was driving, but just banged. Mikhail. Mikhail Bridges, like, banged the side of Sabonis, not even really his knee, like his kneecap. It was just kind of his, <laughs> his knee area. Um, and so I was kind of like, Oh, like that's probably at worst, like a really bad bruise. And I'm not denying that it hurt like hell, but you're a doctor. Basically you diagnosed that from the beginning. Yeah. I mean, pretty much. I was like, unless he dislocated his kneecap off of impact, <laughs> then there's no way that, you know, I just didn't, I didn't see anything buckle. It didn't look like he tore his ACL or anything, but I wasn't too concerned, but also, you know, like you said, him just laying on the ground there with his teammates surrounded him. Uh, it did give me uh, very, very strong Rudy Gay PTSD when Rudy tore his Achilles. Uh, I think on that same side of the court. It was the same side. Yeah. Uh, and just like it was the same eerie feeling of just near like the same area. Complete, yeah, pretty much near the same area. Probably 15 feet apart. Yeah. Um, and it was just completely silent like that. But. Uh, yeah, no, it was. Uh, I I wasn't too concerned, but at the same time, well, it, it's it's not good. It wasn't I, a good thing to see. I didn't well, enjoy it. Well, you're kind of okay with losing out throughout the end of this season. Well, see, that's the part that I'm not allowed to say. But also, when I saw Sabonis go down, I was like, not at this cost, lottery yeah. balls. But not at the cost of. So I don't. I when he went down, that thought did cross my mind. Like, okay, well, now they're for sure going to shut down everybody. Well, but, and to be fair, the same what, thought went through my head when Rudy Gay got hurt, too. But why why, like, why the hell did they get the okay to put Sabonis back in? Why why would why would you do that? I just don't understand why you would. That's the thing I want to know is I know you're an athlete and you're a competitor, and you need to get back. I want to get back out there. I'm good enough to go. And it was an intense game. But at this point in the season and how important – Sabonis is and how much the Kings leveraged to get him. Who, why? Like, why did he go back in? If I had to say, I would say because if he says he's fine or good enough to continue and you see him with the ability to semi-move, I guess you have to do it for comfort's sake, I guess, just to be like, he says he's fine. He says he can go. We'll let him go. If he can play it out, then I guess he's fine. But if what happens happened, then, I mean, we just take him out anyway. Um, I definitely – I don't think that's the right move. I think, like you said, they should have just taken him out instantly, cut their losses, been like, well, this season was fun. You're done. Uh, no need. Yeah. But, I mean, that's not what happened. And, thankfully, he didn't injure it more. And I did think about that as it was happening. And the Kevin Durant a- thing. I was going to say Clay. Tom- I was going to say Clay Thompson because, yeah. yeah, that's what exactly almost what Clay did. Where same postseason, he, he tore his ACL, and then he's like, "I'm fine, I'm fine." Runs around, 
takes free throws, continues playing in the game, and then we find out he was playing with a torn ACL, which yep. probably isn't helpful. Um, yep. So, you know, to play double devil's advocate, I guess that's a reason why you definitely should not bring him out there, even if he says he's okay. Yeah. Brendan, were you nervous? <laughs> you I mean, I definitely was. Like, he was down for a second, but the contact didn't look that bad. No. Like, I mean, knee to knee is never fun and probably something that's going to last a couple of games, but it didn't look like he messed something up, like, mm-hmm. in the moment. Yeah. Um, so I was definitely nervous because the whole point of this end of the season is kind of get the best asset that you can when it comes to traffic, but at the same time build a synergy between Fox and Sabonis. So, like, there was a part of me that was concerned about, like, what is their growth going to look like as a duo? But Fox was already down, and when it comes to getting the best draft pick and, like, that's the best asset that the Kings can be working with this offseason, it was fine by me. Mm-hmm. It is sad. Like, I am, I did want to see more of Fox and Sabonis, and, I mean, fingers crossed that the offseason is clean. I know that Sabonis is going to play for Lithuania, and hopefully everyone can get to the next training camp fully healthy, and we'll see more of it. But that's, like, the one thing I'm kind of just – I was like last night thinking, man, I'd be more into this game if they were playing, but also there's no reason for them to play because we need them to lose. Um, but I, I am, I'm at the point now. Sabonis is out for the season. Fox, his hand. We've, we've been hearing. Let's a lot go on of, record. We, Let's we, go on record. We've Let's been do hearing it. About what? About, about Karen what? Fox is not coming back. this season. No way, bro. No, he's not coming back. No, he's not coming he, back. He's done. He's done, bro. Like I've heard that he has worse. Yeah, and soreness. There are things going around that this this man. I listened back to what Alvin Gentry said, by the way, <laughs> on on our boss Nick the Nick Cattle Show when Nick asked him about his about Fox's X rays like the day after it happened. Um, Nick asked Alvin like, "Hey, is is how is De'Aaron doing?" And Alvin said, "Yeah, he had X rays on his hand, and it's just going to be like a, a management thing." Didn't say how the X rays. Went no, a management thing. He, what is he, this? He, he didn't. He didn't say a thing about. He didn't say he had an X-ray, so it's going to be like a, a, a pain management thing, which we've been hearing that phrase a lot. Pain management. Yeah, the the man is not going to be. Able, he's not playing again. No, uh, he he was questionable. It wasn't even. It, or sorry, it was doubtful against the Indiana game. Right? It wasn't questionable. It got downgraded to doubtful. Mm-hmm. Like. This this guy's not gonna play. No, there, something on the X ray showed something that is not right. That he's wearing a brace every time we see him. There was a video of him dapping up Tyrese last night, and they like dapped up with the right hand. And De'Aaron, like you can see, he kind of like just he like kind of pulled his hand back a little bit, and like they kind of like leaned into it. I don't know. He probably was like, yeah, man, like my hand is like <laughs> messed up. Like I can't, I can't do it. So, um, no, De'Aaron. Sabonis are done. The only problem is the schedule for the Kings, funny enough, opens up. They play Orlando on Saturday. They play the Rockets twice. I just Portland is is catching up and in, in I'm looking at Tankathon. Portland's closing in on the Kings right now in that sixth spot. We could be in a scenario where the Kings draft seventh if they aren't Please if they don't. If they don't pull it together and start losing some games. How dare you? Guys, we need to come together. We need Harrison Barnes to send out a group message text that says, look, guys, 
The fans need us. Okay. The Chris is waiting on Garrison Barnes to step up. What is this? Look, HB's a team leader. I know it. Okay. And he needs to tell his guys, look, guys, this organization has been damned from day one. Okay. We need to do our part in, in turning things around here. And the only way we're going to do that is by chucking up some L's. Okay. Da- Damien, it's great. I'm ha- I'm so happy for you. Congratulations. Don't do it again. You sound just like Harrison Barnes. Watch, like. watch Damian Jones gets a did not a do not uh, did not yeah, play yeah. coach's decision. Yeah, next game. Why didn't he play? We just wanted to see something else. He just was trying <laughs> way too hard. This is BS. Like he's gonna get fined for conduct detrimental to the team. <laughs> Damian Jones gets fined twenty five k. Marcus that Demarcus fine. They ask Alvin next game what like what was what 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 happened. Do you know what's going on? What we're trying to do right now. See, I was, I was joking. Damian, Damian didn't get the memo, bro. See, I was joking in the beginning about the Jimmy Butler Spo thing. That's about to be HB and Gentry. Gentry's going to draw up some play, and Harrison, what? What are you doing? What are you doing? Like, we're trying to lose. Like, I, that's that's a good play right there. Save that for next season. What are you doing, like, bro? There's no good plays. Do you want to fight? Think you got lost right there. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> oh boy, that's true. It's and, uh, a tough saying, season. Saying Alvin saved that for next season, I don't, I don't it, it, know. it's a tough season, guys. Like they're tied with Indiana, right? Half game. No, back. I believe basically Indiana's. T- yeah, basically tied. Well, Indiana now owns the tiebreaker. You know, <laughs> the the it, bad tiebreaker. But don't guys, they? that sucks because the Kings are a half game behind Indiana, and the odd changes are pretty significant. In yeah. from six to five, they have a thirty-seven percent chance. Sacramento has a thirty-seven percent chance of jumping in the top four in the sixth spot. But if you go to fifth, that goes to forty-two percent, mm-hmm. and they get another point, uh, one point five percent bump in the number one pick. They go from nine to ten and a half. That five spot is pretty important, like yeah. it is. And I don't know what Indiana's schedule is coming up. I mean, I can look at strength of schedule. Um, it looks like the Kings right now have the fifth easiest schedule and Indiana schedule. Indiana schedule is tough. So the Kings are in a very, very bad spot right now. Indiana gets to play Memphis, Philadelphia twice, Mm. Boston, Denver, Toronto, Brooklyn. And now that we know that Kyrie can play. But can you imagine playing Kevin Porter Jr. two games in a row? Like, God, man. Yeah, the Kings have it tough right now. They get just they get the Rockets twice. They get the Magic. They get the Pelicans, Clippers. I don't know, boys. I think Damian Jones just cost the Kings a five pick, five spot. Caught him. Caught him, bro. I don't need <laughs> to see this guy going into next season. We're gonna title this episode just bleed. Damian Jones. Damian I'm gonna, Jones. I'm gonna <laughs> say Damian Jones cost us the five spot. That's what it's gonna be. It's um, as simple as he gets. Really, I mean, like, look, the, Trey did his part. Trey missed. It's true. It's true. We keep Trey around. Like yeah. he deserves I got, it. I got this, guys. I mean, I think that the weird thing is, is that like this team made a win now trade and needs to lose out lose throughout now. the end of the year. Yeah. Like it's not bad management or bad planning or anything. Like it's just weird. Um, I mean, if the if the team goes about feeling that type of way like if they end up at the five or six pick they have an asset to work with this offseason 
And this offseason is kind of what it's all about with this team. Um, it's just like I don't know, and I don't know how the fan base deals with the final nine games of this season. Like, do I feel like it's best to win? Do I feel like it's best to lose? I don't really know. They're going to end up somewhere between like the five and eight pick. And the higher the pick, the better. Like, they're not mathematically eliminated from making the play-in, I guess. But We're not doing that again. Yeah, okay, cool, because I'm not trying to preach <laughs> that. I got to be honest. I haven't looked at the NBA standings in over a Frank, week. Frank, you're that guy. I think they're I, like five games back. Where are they? Yeah, how close are they? Just not, out of curiosity. Just not. Frank, you're the one to ask. Dude, I they're I, four and a half back. I checked out. Yeah. They're they're five back. So they're gonna be they're gonna be eliminated with within the next probably five days. They'll be mm-hmm. eliminated. Well, I don't know though. Unfortunately, they play the Rockets twice and then the mad in the magic. So unfortunately, they're gonna be like some stupid thing like three out with four to play, and people are gonna be like, Hey, it might be possible. They can never get a high pick. No. But they can also never actually make the playoffs. No, it's it's it's, it's purgatory, perfect. man. It's where we it's live. Purgatory. Perfect purgatory, limbo, everything. It's just it's happened three years in a row now. It's it's going to happen again. It's shaping up for that right now. Seven I or eight pick. I had no idea that in, Indiana has a buzzsaw of a schedule. I had no idea. The Kings, like a week and a half ago, had the fourth most difficult schedule. Now they dropped to twenty sixth. Yeah incredible basketball yeah. is incredible and they might end up passing the blazers very easily i mean what the blazers are oh, they're oh going my to. god a game and a half. They're, they're going miserable to. miserable unless, unless the Kings shut down harrison barnes and <clears throat> I, I guess damian jones <laughs> which are we sure let's end with that i mean we have to move on to king's poll we have to we have to transition over to king's pulse in a minute here we're doing a back-to-back anyone listening uh Jump on over to that. Yeah, we after probably this. should have mentioned that. <laughs> we probably should. We we're probably okay. Should, we probably should we're have mentioned. Okay. We're doing a we're doing a crossover. Uh, the last. Are we going to see K to play? We should have, but apparently we're not. Like, he, got, he had two tenths of a second last night. <laughs> two tenths of a second. Jesus yeah. Christ, Frank! Like that's ridiculous. Dude man. is not seeing any minutes, dude. Yeah, it's clear what's going on here. The league wants. What's, what's the quote, Chris? <laughs> Uh, I've seen it live. This quote, yeah, um, I can't remember what the. Quote I, no, was, I, I just but... merged the Demarcus quote and the the Shaq quote. Oh, David Stern wants to know. Okay, David Stern wants to know when the Leafs lose the money. That's why. No, uh, I, I'm just I don't understand why we're still starting Justin Holiday and not. There's him. no damn reason. Like, there's no reason to be starting Justin Holiday. There's no reason. There really isn't. I mean, it's... I love Justin Holiday. He's a great person. Like, he seems really well spoken, but why are you starting him? I've learned something in his contract. Uh... My, only con- my only thought is the Kings know they're going to retain Dante, and they're just saying, hey, like, we're going to match any offer anyway. And maybe they're saying, let's get Justin Holiday's value up. Because he's going to be a trade piece this off season. I don't know what else. I have no idea what else reasoning or the reason there could be. I don't think that's that's out of the question. I think that's probably the most logical thing I've heard. Reason I've heard for him starting. Um, but yeah, it really just doesn't make sense. I mean, Dante's the younger guy. He's ideally somebody you're bringing back um, 
and is in your future plans. But uh, yeah, I mean, the only thing I can think of is just not in, in the inverse is not raising Dante's value if he starts. And especially with everyone being out, if, I mean, I can't, again, like I can't imagine it'd be a negative, but if Dante is starting and then scoring 30 points a game, like, you know, who knows, maybe people will talk themselves into, oh, maybe that ankle is fine now and, and not be as afraid to offer him something. Um, but that's about really all I can think of because it really just doesn't make sense. I mean, Justin Hall or Justin, Justin Holiday is 33, I think, going to be 34 going into next season. Um, not really somebody who the Kings should should have in their future plans. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, at, le- at least they're staying consistent. It's not like they're, you know, doing some good moves and then, you know, making some bad moves. They're just making all the wrong moves, you know, Last <laughs> if we want to take any positive. It's the Sacramento Kings, yep. man. Last thing before we head over to Kings Pulse, we got to we gotta get on the next one. If you gentlemen could just go over to basketball reference real yeah. quick. There's a couple. Uh, what player sticks out to you from this lineup? Or the players. There's, there's two or three for me. I feel like I know which one Brendan's going to pick. Mm. Oh, Jesus. Dude, there's a <laughs> handful. <laughs> which one are you looking at? Um, Larry Costello. I mean, to be honest. Who the, who the hell I'm is really that? looking at Jordan Bell right here. <laughs> I thought you were going to go with Moses Moody. Oh, Moody Mo? It is Moses Moody. Wow. There are two Moseses on here. Moses yeah. Malone and Moses. That's incredible. Moses Moody. Those are the only Moses two Malone. Moseses in NBA. Kirk Heinrich nope, Moses Brown. is really Moses sticking Brown. out here, too. Yeah, Kirk yeah. is somebody who, I mean, that fool. Well, and, odd, and obviously, Sandro, boom. Uh, yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at uh, Chris Quinn here. Chris Quinn played 241 games. Can you believe that? I have no idea who Chris Quinn is. He's the he's the oh, one. He's, he's the um, clear Notre Dame guy. Yes, God. looks like very he, first guy. I had no clue this guy existed. <laughs> he looks he looks like a leprechaun. He does. Wow. And he went he to does. Notre Dame. He looks like he planned a prank, dude. <laughs> Like he owns a prank channel on YouTube. Yeah, uh, they, and then tough. Kirk Heinrich was a guy I weirdly liked when I was a kid because <laughs> this is weird. But that is weird, Frank, this, especially this, considering your um, your taste. No, no, hold on. Oh, yeah, it's true. That's true. That's true. But there's there's this is what we do, Brendan. It's all right. We just go. We, we just say what we're. <laughs> I minds. love it. When when I when I was a kid, for whatever reason, uh, McDonald's gave out these like it was like a, a mascot. <laughs> Wearing a jersey, so it would be like a, I don't know, like Benny the Bull. Well, this was a Benny Bro. the Bull. I got a Benny the Bull Bro. that was wearing a Kirk Heinrich jersey, and I was, I was like probably, I don't think so. I was probably like twelve or thirteen, Damn. and I was like, wow, I really like this. I like Kirk Heinrich now, <laughs> and he was good that year. And when I was thirteen in two thousand seven, he averaged sixteen and six on forty one from three. So. Hey, man, the Happy Meal did him some favors. <laughs> Bro, Shane Edwards is part of this list. He played two NBA games throughout his whole career. <laughs> Baller. 67 Baller. total minutes. Mm-hmm. On um, that note, I guess I'll just shout no out joke. Horace Grant, who... Ooh, champion. Four, yeah, four-time, which... Deserved. I was uh, I was surprised by it. Could have been five-time, actually, I think. Did you know he had a, he had a twin brother that played in the NBA? Did you know that? That sounds familiar. 
Harvey. Do you have the name Harvey? Oh. Yeah, he played. He aver- this man averaged 18 points per game for three years in a row. Shout out Harvey. And I never, I never heard of him until I saw a while ago. And he's hmm. a twin brother. They're both born on the 4th of July. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, America. Happy birthday, Grant. July 3rd is better. Um, but anyway. Are they related to either of the Jeremy? Oh, nephews. Yes, they are. Yeah, it's all in the family. So Whoa. they're Harvey's. Harvey they're Harvey's played eight children. seasons? Harvey's children are Jeremy and Jerry and Grant. Who knew? Dude, there's a year in 92, 93. He averaged 18 points per game. Wow. Is no joke. Wow, Frank is putting me on. Wow. Yeah, this, this is what we do every episode, man. We we learn. It's like a learning session. And anyone yeah. that's listening this far, they if they do like listening this part, <laughs> they get to learn a little bit too. Yep. For Lord, the Washington point. for the Washington Bullets, obviously. Yep. That's like WSB. That's was that with uh, <laughs> was that with C Web? Did he play it all with C Web? Uh, what year was this? Um, no, I don't think so. He missed. He missed Weber for like one yeah. year at the Bullets, I think. Um, okay. Well, this no, bullet, Harvey Grant was the leading scorer, obviously, in ninety-two, ninety-three. Obviously, <laughs> with, Rex, with with Rex. Purvis Ellen yes. as the number two scorer. <laughs> the Bullets Rex. were Sacramento Kings esque in their Harvey Grant time. Rex, Rex Chapman. Chapman was yeah fifth on the list. He really got buckets like that, huh? Yeah, Rex Chapman was that guy. He's not just a tweeter. All right, we better get over to King's Pulse. We gotta get to the next. We gotta get to our next thing. Yep, another forty-five to lock it down uh, for Frankie Cardicelli, Brendan Nunez. I'm Chris Watkins. Thank you all for listening. Hope you all enjoyed. And damn you, Damian Jones.